Welcome to the People Analytics and Future Work Podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, this is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. And I'm here today with Joe Freed of Cultivate. Joe, you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me, Al. Oh, absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining the program. And uh, you're doing some fantastic things at Cultivate. We just spent some time at HR Tech in Las Vegas uh, a couple of weeks back. So if you would uh, introduce yourself to the audience and uh, share a bit of overview uh, of what Cultivate's all about. Sure, no problem. Uh, I am Joe Freed. I am one of the co-founders of Cultivate. And at Cultivate, we have built a platform that helps companies and managers foster more inclusive and engaged teams. And we do that by giving you as a manager analytics on your own workplace communications like email or chat. We do that through the AI that we developed that learns about each individual relationship we have with your team via your digital communications and then informs you on aspects around bias and engagement. So for example, um, Cultivate can tell you if you're communicating differently with different members of your team in areas like attention, tone, or responsiveness. And then conversely, your team's engagement. How are they communicating back to you with metrics like mood, motivation, and teamwork? We're able to give you as a manager signals of which members of your team are showing signs of low or high engagement. Again, all these signals are coming from your own inbox that we're analyzing for you. And we're able to do this without surveys and in real time, all with the purpose of giving managers an awareness of how they're communicating to give them advantage in helping them build highly engaged and inclusive teams. That is, uh, in general, what Cultivate does. Joe, you're an elegant, <laughs> eloquent man. That was, uh, you know, this is what gets me really excited is you're talking about a few things. Number one, you're talking about real activity data, real language, and you talk about mood and, and engagement. And you're getting this uh, based on not what people are reporting the th they're thinking and feeling, but what they're actually doing. Is that an accurate assessment? Yes. I mean, that's, you know, we, we approach this by really wanting to do a couple things. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of platforms out there that look at engagements through surveys, you know, which I think is definitely an important aspect of any sort of people analytics operation. Uh, and, and we really wanted to do something different. We really wanted to analyze the natural way a team is communicating and give a manager real-time signals um, on how that's going. Um, just a little bit of uh, kind of a backstory of, of kind of behind why we, why we wanted to do this. At my previous startup, I was a, a co-founder of a um, learning management company uh, for emerging markets. I had about 30 people working for me uh, all over the world. And my relationship with them was mostly via Gmail and Slack. And I always had a challenge of trying to understand, is my point getting across, right? Uh, are they engaged? Is my tone correct? Um, you know, I frequently uh, uh, type this in an email. This may not come across well in email, dot, 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 but yet still sent it, right? right. Um, and I, I struggled with that. And so when I was looking for what to do with my next startup, I really wanted to see um, if I could develop a product that would, that would help that issue that I was having with uh, a lot of communication between manager and team, 
um, in the digital form, right? Uh, a lot of that is in is in chat applications like Slack and Skype or via email. And I wanted some real time way to analyze that that wouldn't make me do anything. I wanted it to run in the background. I didn't want to have to uh, participate. I wanted it to, to push me information. I didn't want to have to pull information from a dashboard. I wanted to tell me when interesting things were happening. Um, and I didn't want to have to survey um, my team to find that information out. Um, a, I didn't want to give them uh, more things to do. I didn't want to have to worry about participation. And there are certain things um, that I wanted to be able to analyze that you just can't get from surveys, specifically the bias in your own communication. So am I treating people differently? Um, am I more attentive to certain people than less people? Am I more polite to certain people than less people? Um, that's just stuff that you can't get from surveys. Um, and so uh, to answer your question, yes, that was kind of the real um, um, kind of thesis behind what I wanted to do. Fortunately, um, I met uh, my co-founders, Samir and Andy, who were working separately, we did not know each other at the time, on a bunch of technology around, they had this idea of how can you be a better friend, um, especially when a lot of your friendship relationship is based on text right. and um, communications. And so they were working on this really interesting tech on how do we classify and understand a friendship relationship um, based off of textual communication. And then how do we not only understand that, but then help you sort of move the needle and make you a better friend. Um, it was very, very interesting stuff. They had built this technology around it, couldn't really figure out what to do with it, right? Like what's the product there? It's really kind of nerdy tech, uh, yeah. um, but but not it doesn't really fit with a product. And they were trying to figure, okay, how do we maybe bring this to the enterprise? Um, I met them and it was like an aha moment. Like, yes, that's that tech could maybe help solve this issue that I think managers have with knowing themselves and, and knowing the relationship of their team now that everything is online. Um, and so we, we met, we thought it was a great idea. Um, we were fortunate enough to then get funded by uh, Samsung Next, which is the venture and accelerator arm of Samsung. And uh, off we went uh, to build Cultivate. So that's kind of the, the backstory of what we were, were trying to solve and, and how we were trying to uh, approach the issue. Well, I mean, you obviously have passion around it, and I like the humanistic uh, approach in particular, and that's certainly uh, a welcome trend insofar as if an organization is going to select a technology, what's the benefit you know, to the individual as well as to the organization? So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a value proposition in it for individual employees. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, that's actually where we started. We started at an individual um, aspect, right? We started with the idea of uh, I am a manager and I have a team, um, and it's and it's all around team, right? There's a lot of really, really good academic research around team, both in team dynamics, but in how important teams are to the enterprise, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of recent studies around. Um, highly engaged, uh, inclusive, and diverse teams uh, perform better and make more money for the company. Um, and as a manager, uh, that's great. I want to have a highly 
uh, engaged and inclusive team? And um, what are the tools that are going to help me do that? And so we built Cultivate to give a manager an advantage to be able to get that done. And I think any sort of you know, good people analytics uh, gives you an advantage, right? It's a tool. It gives you an advantage. It helps you um, do your job in a better way. Uh, and that's what we tried to do. And, you know, how can we help a managers uh, have an advantage in building engaged and inclusive teams? Um, that's the foundation. Um, that's most of what the product is. Uh, and that's really when we talk to companies uh, who pilot Cultivate, um, that's really where they're 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 coming from, right? They're coming from, you know, a, a couple different places. One is uh, something that we hear often. You know, we have a lot of young managers, maybe first time um, managers, maybe really good individual performers, but now they uh, are managing four to five people. Uh, they might not understand how important their communications are. Just the idea that they need to uh, be responsive and attentive to their team and giving them tools and insights to understand one, how they're treating people um, is important for a young new manager and will kind of help them give that advantage, give them that extra um, understanding and push to be a better communicator to their team. Um, so the, the value prop is really from a manager perspective. The second thing that is kind of this, the same ballpark is um, the idea from an inclusion perspective. Um, giving a manager awareness of how they communicate um, is a uh, important piece of driving inclusiveness in your company. And the way to do that is through the manager, right? Everything, you know, that we build is through the manager. All the research says the manager is the key, right? There's that saying, people don't leave companies, they leave managers. Um, you can pull out tons of stats, right, that say, you know, 70% of variance in employee engagement scores is because of their manager. Mm -hmm. And so it, we think you can really move the needle on engagement and inclusivity in a company by helping managers be better. And so we want to cultivate to help them be better. Got it. So you, you, given what you're sharing, you're if I'm an HR leader or if I'm the head of operations responsible for delivering a product or, or service, yeah, I want my workforce to be efficient, effective. I want people to do their best work. And if I'm understanding you correctly, this is going to help reduce the risk that teams are suboptimal. It's going to help elevate the probability that there's healthy relationships that drive innovation and a positive customer experience. And in turn, there's going to be economic value at the end of the day. Is that, in essence, the, the value proposition? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And it's it's driven through the manager, right? Um, you know, there's a, I'm not going to be able to quote word for, for word, but there is a bunch of different research that is around communication and manager communication, right? And simply managers, if you take a very simple example, um, that communicate regularly, I believe once a week with their team, uh, their team is likely to be three times as engaged. It seems simple. Right. Um, of course, it's obvious you have to take time to um, speak with everybody and be attentive with everybody on your team. But when we um, started talking to companies, it's it's less obvious in practice. It tends to break down um, with you ha when you have newer managers that are under stress, uh, a team that's growing very fast. 
um, a team that doesn't have a lot of experienced managers to give guidance to the young managers. Um, simple things like um, making sure that you are uh, communicating, having one-on-ones, talking about career paths, giving praise, all these things that just academically say will drive engagement um, aren't there because it's not built into a, a process. Um, no one's telling them there, there's, there's no little bug in their ear saying that they should do that. Um, and Cultivate does, right? Cultivate gives you this complete real-time awareness of uh, your team and how you're communicating to them. And so to drive that uh, optimal engagement, which will drive productivity um, and financial output for the company, it really runs through the manager, or at least the manager is a really big lever you can pull um, to make those changes. And so this would be a tool uh, for that purpose. So I, I want to ask one more question, then I want to get into a little bit on the how. Uh, my question is, is this, is you know, with young people, millennials becoming even more prominent in the workforce, not only in numbers, but in influence, uh, do you believe there's a heightened expectation that solutions like Cultivate uh, be uh, delivered by employers because it sounds like you're elevating the the value proposition you're you're enabling individuals and, and teams to to do better work and and so if i am seeing this and experiencing this i'm like hey you know they are they made an investment they show they care they're resourcing me to have visibility into my relationships how i can improve them and so forth so you know again do you believe that there's a growing expectations around such solutions I absolutely think that a solution like Cultivate will be standard over the next five years. Um, the way that I kind of think about sort of enterprise solutions is they start as an advantage and then they just become table stakes. They become a standard. Um, if you think about, you know, uh, think of something as simple as a CRM system, right? Uh, back in the day, it was an advantage. Like, wow, you're not using uh, Excel sheets. You're using a thing called Salesforce. You have an advantage now mm -hmm. over the competition. Yep. Uh, or, you know, even let's uh, let's take it to current, right? Let's look at the AI field. Um, AI around the sales process um, is a big industry, and it's been there for a while. I think it's moving away from advantage into standard. And what I say by that is, um, now you have plenty of automated platforms that help you get sales leads, right? To understand who are the right people for you to contact that mine your LinkedIn and your contacts and give you info. And now if you go to a company and uh, a sales team, it's probably rare that you don't have them. You expect them, right? Um, I mean, you don't expect me to go through my LinkedIn by hand, right? Of course you have some sort of system that's going to help me generate leads. So a couple of years ago, that was an advantage. It gave you an advantage over other companies and over sales teams because you had this AI that was giving you these leads that no one else had. And eventually it just becomes the standard. It becomes a platform for by which you do your job. I truly do think that one of the next areas that right now is, are an advantage is understanding your own communication, right? Understanding that natural language processing and that unstructured data uh, is an advantage, right? I have an advantage um, in my company because uh, I'm better suited to build engaged and productive teams because um, I have these analytics on how I'm communicating. 
and more productive and engaged teams uh, outperform, they spend better, eventually that will switch to standard, right? Like uh, what process are we using so I can get analytics on my emails? It's gonna be baked in um, and I believe that's where things are gonna go. Um, obviously very early on, right? Um, but, but I do think as more and more people um, want the data and it's helpful data and it gives them an advantage and people are more, I think, realizing how important um, engaged and inclusive teams are and how important that is to the bottom line. And when that becomes more commonplace, uh, they'll start investing more and in realizing that that advantage will get them there faster and then it will just become commonplace. Yeah, and you're bringing up a, a good point. And you know, one of the points that I want to take from it is you know, digitization of work and you know, the fact that you mentioned Slack earlier. And there's a variety of collaboration platforms that most organizations utilize. And those platforms have by and large been selected by IT or you know, operations or someone other than HR. Yet, you know, HR obviously has knowledge and the ability to help uh, optimize uh, team performance through recruiting processes, uh, certain uh, development processes, and so forth. So the idea of communication analytics or relationship analytics gets either lost in between the two, arguably, or it can be a means by which to connect uh, IT uh, and digital transformation initiative and HR activities. Is that... Uh, what you're seeing, or is that what you would advocate that this be looked more holistically between you know the digitization IT activities with what HR is doing? Yeah, I, it it definitely does get lost, right? Um, I, I think that's that's uh, a valid assessment, right? And and I think part of the reason um, why uh, it gets a little lost are a couple things. One, I think the maybe up until late, the, the return on investment has not been as clear as some other places, right? So, um, you know, from the the platforms that you use in, in HR to help recruiting or to help sales, um, there's, there's very clear data points of return on investment and targets that people can hit. And so those platforms tend to have a natural, a natural place and a natural home. Whereas if you think of something like cultivate, okay, we have all this communication in our company. Is that an operational function or is that something that we want to, uh, invest in because it's going to drive business performance. And I think it gets a little bit lost in between, right? Yeah. Um, it's not an email platform, um, but people haven't seen it as something that, well, you know, from the sales side, if I implement this platform, our close rate's going to go from 10% to 15%. Well, that's clear, and that's a driven ROI. Um, I think the ROI hasn't been clear enough for it to drive. I think that's going to change. Um, I think they're going to say, hey, it's more than just giving people a tool to communicate internally. Um, but we now need to understand that that communication is going to drive engagement in our teams, which is going to drive financial output for the business. And I think that is more of a people analytics business HR function than necessarily an IT function. 
Yeah, and you know, just to throw another layer on this, because you uh, communicated a value proposition around uh, inclusiveness as, as well, and also this notion of digital bias and, and the uh, risk mitigation of biases being uh, perpetuated. Can you uh, speak to that value proposition and you know, how uh, an organization might benefit? I know you've touched on it already, but specifically around the, the bias and, and inclusiveness. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so um, the big value prop that we think specifically cultivate or just looking at any sort of your real time communication doesn't have to be cultivate can provide around bias and inclusivity for your team is real time awareness. So awareness is a challenge, right? In any sort of bias, it happens all the time. Um, Awareness is the key. If you're aware of something, you have the ability to change it and to control it. But awareness is hard to get. Yep. Um, awareness is not something you can get from surveys. Um, it is not something you can get a little bit of it in training, you know, but if you think of things like unconscious bias training, um, you know, uh, those are examples about other people. Um, and it, this cultivate or analyzing your real-time communications gives you an awareness that you don't have before, right? You're not getting this from other source. There's no other way to give you this awareness. And just by having awareness is a building block to then produce better teams, more inclusive teams. Just by knowing how you communicate with people will give you the tools to understand that awareness and then change it. Yep. And if you wanna kind of unpack that a little bit, um, it always gets a little tricky when you have the conversation about the bias part, right? Um, because people tend to um, react in different ways. So if you don't mind, I can unpack that a bit to kind of explain what does it mean when we talk about the digital bias and cultivate and how we measure it? Because I think that's an important piece. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was my my question because it just begs uh, you know, the question that, you know, how is bias determined? Is it a lack of communication with a certain individual? Is it, is it a certain type of communication? Do you measure tone? You know, all, all, all those things. So what does it look like for you all? Yeah, so th that is a very, very good question, right? And it's important to understand. So specifically at Cultivate, we give you analytics on your own communication bias. And let's start with a definition, right? So uh, we define that as a variation in communicative behavior toward your colleagues, right? That's all we're talking about when we talk about the digital bias in Cultivate, right? What's the variance between individuals on your team? And that could be along numerous different attributes, attention, initiative, right? Um, do you initiate conversations more with one person or another? Uh, do you respond faster to one person uh, a person or another? Is your sentiment, is your tone, is your politeness, is that different between members of your team? That's what we mean by the bias. Hmm. Now, taking it uh, a step further, um, a lot of the questions that we get asked around that kind of, um, we split them up in, into kind of two factors. And I'm going to a quote here, um, Margaret from our team, who's a product manager, is writing a really good blog post on this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal some of her good work here. And the 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 two typical questions fall into two categories, right? Um, the doubt that workplace communications like bias can be accurately analyzed with 
computation, right? Can you actually do it? And number two, um, the discomfort, right? The human discomfort around trying to quantify something as subjective as a relationship and the bias in that, right? And those two things, sometimes the question gets asked, but they're really one or the other, and sometimes they get merged. So let's unpack that a bit, right? So the first one, right? Can workplace communication like bias um, actually be accurately analyzed um, via machine learning? Uh, and the answer is yes, it depends upon how you display the results, right? And so can we accurately analyze it? Um, it's actually not that difficult. So when I say that you are more responsive to someone um, or you initiate conversation more or that you respond faster, those are things we can derive from your email communications and are actually pretty simple to do. Um, so yes, when it comes to things like sentiment analysis or politeness, um, the natural language processing advancements that have happened over the last couple years make that fairly easy to do. Um, I mean, you could just go to uh, Stanford's Natural Language Processing Group's publication list and you'll see just a, a, a wide range of um, language-related computational research across a lot of disciplines. So the research is there to define sentiments. The research is there to define politeness. Um, the math is there to build a network analysis to define rates of response. So you can quantify it. I think the issue that people usually have is more on the discomfort side. Like, can you really quantify it? And so the way we approach it as Cultivate is we're, we're very clear in um, there's no good or bad. So at Cultivate, we're not saying there's good bias or bad bias. Mm -hmm. um, we're presenting the results in a relational way. And so there's not you're polite or you're impolite. It's here's a visual relationship of your team. And so as a manager, you can look at it and say, I am more polite to this person than that person. I am less polite to this person and that person. I'm more responsive to this person than that person. And that is the bias that you see. And that might not be a bad thing. It might not be a, a good thing, but it is, right? We're giving you awareness, um, a visual awareness of how you're communicating. Now, maybe for you, <clears throat> you say, look, you know, I'm more responsive to the West Coast office than the East Coast office, and that's okay. And as a manager, I don't need to act on all of these analytics. I have complete awareness, and maybe I'm a very self-aware person. Maybe this is not something new. Um, but maybe it is. Now that I have this real-time awareness, maybe there's maybe there's a bias in here I didn't know I had. Yep. Maybe I didn't realize that my tone was different with this person. Yep. And that's what we're trying to set out to do. There's no right or wrong. Um, you know, there's no punitive measure of bias or not. It is a visual, relational, spatial look at your team and the variation of communication between them. Yeah, it's uh, it's just conscious living. It, I mean, it sounds like to your point earlier, this is uh, something that's imminent, and it's uh, a value insofar as individuals who see their biases and elevate their awareness can thus make conscious decisions on where the most value is going to be derived, either paying more attention to the East Coast office or maybe leaving it as is because they don't need as much attention, but at least they're making an informed uh, decision or non-decision. Uh, is that a fair summary? 
Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. We want to give you the tools, right? Give you the advantage of knowing yourself. Now you have more data to make a decision as a manager. And that's exactly what I think good people analytics should do. It should give you more data that gives you an advantage when you make a decision of how am I going to spend my time? Who am I going to focus on? What am I going to adjust with my team to drive engagement and productivity? And this gives you more tools, more analysis, things you haven't seen before. Um, and that's and that's um, that's what we try to do with Cultivate. Well, I mean, Joe, super exciting uh, to hear you talk about this and uh, to learn more about you and your your product. How can people get in touch with you? Sure. Um, right now, come to our website, cultivateai.com. We are in beta, right? So we are a pretty young company. So we've been around for about a year. Um, we are in beta, but we are inviting companies to pilot cultivate. Um, you can try an individual account on our website if you have a work Gmail and work Slack account. So you could get some limited features, but you can connect and play around with it. Um, and we are uh, open to pilots with companies. We'll probably be in beta for another couple months uh, as we finalize our feature set. Well, yeah, again, Joe, always exciting to speak with you and congratulations on what you and your team have achieved and look forward to uh, what you all produce in the coming months and, and years ahead. Thank you so much, Al. I appreciate you having us. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.